Welcome to After Hours, Conversations for Music Educators, presented by Amro Music. This is where we share ideas and work towards solutions to better serve your students. This week, Nick Averwater talks with John Easley, who is now an educational representative for Amro Music, but for over three decades was a band director in several school districts in Northwest Tennessee. Most of his time as a music educator was spent in Union City, a town of around 11,000 people. They'll be talking about John's early days as a band director, the value of having patience when growing a band program, and more. Our conversation was recorded September 24th, 2021, and is broken up into two episodes, and this is part one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to After Hours Conversations for Music Educators. Today, I have the privilege of sitting down with one of my good friends, Mr. John Easley. Now, you may recognize that name. John's currently an ed rep with Amro Music and has been. How long has it been now, John? Is this, this, this is the fifth year. This is the start of the fifth year. Man, that is hard to believe. So John's been with Amro for uh, going on his fifth year now, but well before that, John served as the director of bands at Union City High School for many, many decades and had a lot of it, successes up there, and that's something that I want to look back on and reflect. So, John, welcome to After Hours. Thanks so much, Nick. Happy to be here. Appreciate you being a part of it, man. I know you're very busy coming off a rental season here, but we're going to sit down and and just reflect on your time at Union City. So for those that may know you as John the Ed Rep, let's just walk through your time as John the Music Educator. Where did you start your career and really who influenced you that said, you know, I want to be like that individual? You know, it's funny, Nick. Uh, actually, my career started at Union City as, as a student because that's where I was originally from. And I was a member of the Union City Band. Uh, Marion Riddle was my high school, middle school band director. Uh, went, went to University of Tennessee at Martin, got my degree, uh, taught for a year at Dresden High School and then two years at Camden. And then got a phone call from Marion and said, hey, uh, we're going to – actually, Steve Martin, who passed many years ago, uh, the band director at Marshall County, Steve was uh, the first assistant band director at Union City. And uh, Steve left uh, to go to Marshall County, and uh, Marion called and said, hey, I'm, I, I want you to, to come work with me. And I was young and, and probably not ready for that gig and, and was very interested. And so, as it worked out, uh, Marion went to bat for me because the administration uh, – really didn't think it was good for me to come to Union City yet. And so Marion's the reason I got there and then had the opportunity to work with Marion for uh, the rest of his career. And uh, yeah, 31 years at uh, Union City. So it, it, was, it was a great time. That's fantastic. How, how did you see Union City, the, both the, the town and the program, evolve while you were there as a student and then as the director? Well, you know, it's funny, uh, when, when I was a student, uh, Marion Riddle just was, you know, they called him the music man of Union City, and the reason why, uh, Marion was, uh, he's just so easygoing, and he made, he made band the thing to do in Union City, it just, it just always was. I had, it's, it's a funny story, my dad was a musician, uh, went to the Navy School of Music, uh, played bass, was uh, stationed in Guantanamo Bay, and uh, did that for several years, and when he got out, he was really planning to, to be a music educator, and uh my sister, my older sister was born second child and he had to go to work and he went to work at Real Foot Packing in Union City and into that story. He spent actually the same number of years. He was 34 years there, uh, ended up being comptroller and office manager. And that was, that was his whole career. So he was, I always called him a frustrated musician. But what's funny is he pushed my older brother and sister to be in band. And my older brother was, I mean, he's so tone deaf, he can't tune a radio. 
And uh, my sister was involved, but wasn't really into it. And, and I was actually doing sports and other things. And, and really, my dad had never said anything about band at all. And we were, had a meeting one day to, to sign up for sixth grade band. And Mary, we, I just went because everybody else went. And Marion said, uh, if anybody, we were talking about instruments, he said, if anybody wants to play tuba, you get to take a horn home today. And he brought out this old Martin sousaphone. And, of course, I'm sure I was certified ADD back then and before they knew what it was. And, of course, I threw my hand up and said, yeah, that's what I want to do. Of course, my dad was a tuba player. And so I called my dad and said, hey, I can't ride my bike home. you got to come pick me up from school because i got to bring something home. And he pulled up, and I had that Martin sousaphone, and he got mad. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to be in a band. I'm going to play tuba. He said, no, you're not. I said, yeah, I am. I really, that's what, you know. And he wouldn't listen to, wouldn't have anything to do with, with what I was doing because he just didn't want to be disappointed again. He didn't think I was, you know, he's afraid I was going to turn out like my brother. But long story short, it did, didn't work out that way. So, you know, I say all that to tell you because Marion made it, uh, like I said, band was just kind of the cool thing to do in Union City. It wasn't like it was a lot of places. Uh, and the band was, it was successful, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, a high level thing. Everybody knew about it. But when I took the job, one of the things we talked about was they said, look, we went, marching band was just, I went to Union City, I guess it was 86. And so drum corps was big on the scene. A lot of people involved. Uh, Pete Evans at Milan High School, uh, Buddy Light up at Mayfield. There, there were a lot of guys who were, who were doing a lot of things with marching band and Union City wasn't doing it. And Marion knew, he said, hey, I want you to come evolve this marching band you know let, let's 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 make something happen because marion he he'll be the first to tell you he knew nothing about marching band and so uh when i went in it, it was a slow process you know to, to change things and it was funny because having marion is it was kind of a good cop bad cop thing with us you know i'd kick a kid out and you'd look over an hour later marion's over there his arm around him telling him you know hey you come back tomorrow you're still in band mr easley's just a hothead it'll, it'll be okay you know and uh, so it was a great relationship that we had and as a result uh, as the band started to get more successful marching-wise, that fed into everything else, you know, and, and band just, it became, it really became not just the thing to do, it was like the thing the community recognized with the school, you know, so it really evolved from that. You mentioned some of the things in which you guys were different, but I have to imagine as your middle school and high school director and as the person that invited you to come back to Union City, there was a lot of things about his teaching style that you wanted to emulate because you were a part, I mean, you continued to be in band because of this individual. I mean, very influential. What were some of the things that he did that attracted you to band and to a career in music? You know, uh, bottom line, he, he just made it fun. You know, it did, like I said, Marion was never, he wasn't competitive and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't too worried about where the band went because he knew it was going to be okay. But he just, he just really, it was so much fun to, to be in that program when, when he was there, you know? And so what happened was I came in and, and, and the energy level went up from that standpoint, as far as being competitive and as far as pushing the kids to do more. Uh, but they responded because they started seeing results and the minute they saw results, they were like, well, hey, this, you know, and the marching fed over into the concert element, fed over into, you know, we started, a, a, he had a jazz band, we, we did that more. And yeah, it just, you know, it was evolving into something that was successful and people wanted to be a part even more, you know, and, and Marion, Marion's T, I, I learned so much from Marion because, you know, I'm one of these people that if it, if you want it, to, if it's supposed to happen three hours ago, you know, not just right now. I want everything to happen today, immediately. And uh, Marion was really laid back. 
you know, and he understood that, hey, things sometimes it takes a little time and that's okay. So it was a great fit for me with him, you know, for, for me to learn to, to sometimes, you know, cool your jets and, and, and understand that, you know, it's gonna, things are going to work out. So, yeah, he was just, I, I just have to say, yeah, it was so much fun being around him, you know. Yeah, lot lot to be said just for making band the place to be because it's fun. Well, and I've, I've used that. I, matter of fact, it's so funny because I was at uh, Paragould High School uh, last night uh, at a rehearsal helping out Richie. And, uh, you know, one of the things I told his kids, you know, was I talked about, you know, it, it has to be fun. But what my definition of fun is I'm good at what I do. I told the kids last night, you know, you, you can't be having fun if you're not successful. You know, you can't tell me that that little kid that doesn't want to play baseball, this is the, the analogy I always use, and his dad makes him play baseball no matter what, and he gets to play one inning and they put him in right field, and everybody in the stands goes, oh, Lord, don't hit him the ball. He won't catch it. And then he comes up to bat and he swings three times and he goes and sits down. He cannot be enjoying that, you know, what he's doing. It's, it's not fun because he's not successful, you know. And so that's one of the things I've always pushed kids. I said, look, the definition of fun is I'm really good at what I do, therefore it's fun, yeah. you know. So as you um, continued the efforts that Marion did, I mean, Union City experienced a lot of success in the 31 years that you were there. I mean, you guys played Rose Bowl, Macy's Day Parade, Pearl Harbor, um, did the BOA circuit, had a tremendous amount of success. Looking back, what are you most proud of as an educator? You know, it's – it's funny, people, after I retired, people ask me that a lot. I get that question a lot. And I really have to say, probably the, the thing that uh, the, the most uh, proud moment of all of it is the phone calls I get from former students about band. You know, and, and not that they're now teachers or they're, or they're still musicians, but it's about them being advocates for music education in their communities. Matter of fact, I had a former student call me uh, recently as from Washington, the state of Washington, and he was concerned because his son was starting beginning band in, in their school district. And he said, Mr. They're just doing it all wrong. They're just not, things aren't like what we did in Union City. And, and I told him, I said, well, what you need to do is you need to go, you need to go talk to the band director. And then you need to, you need to get involved in the school board. Maybe you need, you know, in the community effort of this and make sure, you know, if that's something that you see as a, as an integral part of their school system, then, then you know what it means for it to be good, then, then, then help. You know, go, go be an advocate for that. And that's, that's probably my big, big, biggest success is I've got so many people, you know, who have come through the program who, wherever they are now, you know, they, they compare what they're doing there to what the experience they had with me at Union City. So I, th- I think that's one of, the, one of the biggest achievements. Yeah. So, I mean, in order for you to get to um, – that level where the program was was visible and successful and you were creating advocates, having fun, um, having success on the field. You know, we talked about kind of the relationship there. I suspect there was this period of time where things had to gradually change, gradually improve. I mean, you had to create this culture of high expectation. Reflect back on that with me because I suspect there were some things that went well. I mean, obviously the success speaks for itself, but I also suspect you look back and thought, if I could do that again, I would not have handled it that way. As you were establishing those high expectations, take me through some of the things that stand out. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, there were a lot of pitfalls, you know, I mean, it, it, it took a lot of time. That's, that's, and that's the thing I tell all these young educators that I work with now, you know, I always say, you know, it took a hundred years to build Rome and they burn it down overnight. 
you know. So a program, you know, to build a program to get it, and and if you know, really good band directors never get their program to where they want it. It just never reaches that pinnacle, you know. It just doesn't exist. But but that's what we we strive for. Uh, but it, it's a process that just takes years and years to do. You know, I look back. It was funny. Uh, when I took the job, Union City did two or three contests in the fall, and they were all just close things. And and I already knew, you know, front end, I, I wanted to become involved in Bands of America. I thought that was a great thing for, for kids to be a part of. And But we had to change how we did things. We had to change our rehearsal processes. You know, I, I started out, uh, I can remember, you know, <laughs> The secretary for the superintendent of the schools in Union City when I was first there was was best friends with my aunt, and uh, she she babysat me when I was when I was a little bitty baby, and she she was always so so she was my advocate at the central office. But I had been in the superintendent's office so many times, uh, my first couple of years there that I, walk, I got called in for something I'd done, and I walked in to see him, and his chair in his office where you sit when you walk in had a piece of duct tape on the back, and it said John Easley's chair. And she had done that, and she thought that was funny. And I looked at her, and I said, you're going to get me fired. And she said, no, you're taking care of that yourself, you know. And so, you know, I, I did I did a lot of things as I look back that were, you know, once again, I was young, and I was anxious, and I wanted to get in here. And, and you know, and, and I tried to cram it all in too fast, you know. And so as a result, there was a lot of pushback from people. But as we became successful from those things, they realized, well, okay, maybe this is, is okay. So I really think I, I probably moved faster than I should have. I think it would have been more received if it had been a little slower. But, you know, I tell people, uh, I went to Union City in 1986, and we didn't go to BOA until 1994. So it took eight years for that process to get to the point where I thought we were ready you know, to compete on that level. And part of it was, you know, show design and show concepts and things. They had just done good old fun, here we go shows. And so the first time I changed that element and did a show that was, you know, a little different, you know, the, the football crowd and everybody's like, what's the band doing? Well, we don't understand it, but we, but we like it. And then, of course, we, were, we became successful, and so everybody was okay with it, you know. And one of the funniest things about it, you know, I talk about it now, is I can remember in, in our heyday in, in the late 90s, early 2000s, we'd, we'd finish a show, and we'd be, parents would be taking all the front ensemble equipment off the field, and they'd look at me and go, that was a good show, wasn't it? Because <laughs> they, they didn't know. They'd have to ask me to find out, you know. And I said, yeah, it was a great show, you know. So, But they appreciated what their students were involved in, and they understood the level of what they were doing meant something because of where we were and where we were competing. In that eight-year period, I want, I want to break some things apart. Um, did you talk about your goal of going to BOA during that eight-year period? I mean, for you, you know, that was an intrinsic goal. It was, I, you know, I really didn't, not much. You know, we, we did the Division Two uh, state championship thing, and, and we had won it a few years in a row and been real successful and had been going to, you know, we went, we had been to Bandmasters. I, I didn't call it Bandmasters back then. It was something else over at Halley Stadium in the Dust Bowl. And uh, we'd won that a time or two. And, and so I was just, you know, we, we, we were getting better. And, yeah, I, I didn't really bring it up to the kids until – it came time to go. And I said, Hey gang, you know, you know, we, we, I started probably a couple years in advance, started talking about it a little bit. They were started watching, you know, back in those days, you, you know, bands who, who were successful at that time. And, you know, you know, the broken eras and the Avons and the Carmels and, and, and getting to know who they were and the, the kids to understand what this was, you know, cause so then the first time we went, you know, we went to Atlanta and, you know, marched to the dome. And of course the kids were, you know, it was like being at Disney world to them for band. I mean, they had no clue, but after they got a taste of that, it was like, Oh my goodness! You know we got we got this is something we got to keep doing. You know it just it there it went. It took off from that point on. Yeah. 
Well, one of the things that I've always respected so much about music educators that, that I don't get as a business leader is that in business, we can we can build a team, and there's people that are there for a long period of time. In band, you have to motivate people and say, I need you to work hard because we're going to take a step tomorrow so that we can experience success that you might not be a part of because we're here, and I want us to be there, and we need to hit these goals, these check marks, and you're going to graduate probably before we're able to do this thing that I'm trying to get the band to do. How did, how did you lead through that when you have that turnover of leadership with your seniors every year? You know, it's, it's funny you said, and that's one of the things I know a lot of successful music educators I talk to, you know, one of the things we talk about is, is watching the kids come back. You know, a senior graduates and they go to college and, you know, they do their thing. And then you look up one day and there they are. And now they're an adult and they're back to, they've come back to a football game or a competition, whatever, to see the band. And it's so funny because, you know, they all have the fish stories. You know, well, we were in band. We had, you know, there was 680 of us and we had, blah, 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 you know, and it's, it's just funny to watch them because, but, but what that means is they were so proud of what they did and they realized that, hey, you know, I see this band out here now and they're so good and they're so successful and I help do that. You know, they feel as though they've got a part of that, you know. And so I think, that, you know, them understanding that later is, is better for them than it is at the time. It is hard to motivate kids to know that, you know, hey, guys, look, you're, you're doing something here that's going to, you know, build the future for other people and, and what have you. And, and part of that, too, is kids having pride in the program. You know, if they have pride in – the whatever high school band where they are, then 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 they're gonna they're gonna want that success to continue even even after they're gone. So how did you build that pride? <laughs> I beat it into them. No, <laughs> <laughs> you you know it was just just making them understand that what you're doing, it's not about you. You know it's it's not it wasn't just it you know when you put that uniform on. You know, you, you're no longer an individual. You're somebody who is in the Union City High School Band. You're somebody who represents Union City High School. You represent the town. You represent the community. Everything we talked, and we talked about that so much, you know, that, you know, understand how important it is when you put that uniform on of who you are, you know, what you're a part of. And it's a bigger picture than us. You know, I used to always tell the kids, I said, hey, you got to understand, I don't need anybody, any of you out here. We can do this without any of you. Matter of fact, y'all can do this without me. You don't need me. What we need is each other. We need to all work together and understand, you know, where this is heading. You know, it's, it's not about the individual. It's not about the plastic and the, the wooden trophies. It's about, you know, the accomplishments, what we're getting out of this long term. You know, and, and you just got to get them to buy into that. And when they do, you know, that's when the success starts to happen. And I see it, you know, in these programs I call on now, I see so many of them the same way. You know, you see those kids, they walk in there to rent that horn as a sixth grader, you know, and they talk about the high school band. And they talk about, yeah, that's, that's where they want to go. And that, that's what you're after, you know. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a little contradictory to the instant gratification world that we live in where, you know, I can sit down and, and play a video game in 15 minutes and start winning levels and accomplishing different things. And in 15 minutes on an instrument, we've probably dumped our instrument on the ground and we're still learning how to put it together for the first time. And so, you know, music educators have this very long game that they have to play in a very short attention span society. And so that's something that I know a lot of educators. How do you continue to coach educators today as an ed rep to combat this uh, ADD mentality that we live in? 
You know, it's really difficult. And I, I you know, it's one, I help directors right off the bat when I have a rental meeting because one of the first things I tell the parent is, hey, this is going to be hard. Your kid's going to struggle. You know, they're going to need your support. They're going to need you to, to, you know, make sure they're practicing and to, to tell them, to support them, tell them they're doing well. You know, even when it sounds horrible, you know, in your house, you're still, you, you've got to, you've got to be the support shield at home for them and support the band director. And I don't think we get as much of that now either, but, but the band directors, you know, it, it, it is very difficult for them these days to, to make these kids understand that, Hey, you know, they've, They've changed a lot too. The really good ones you see them. I see them doing these early, early concerts with beginning band, and it's not really a concert. It's just a, you know, let's put them out there. They'll come in. Uh, I know my daughter. She she was the first one I saw to do this, and she, and she had this. She was doing a concert in October with the beginners, and I said, "You've lost your mind. They're, they can't. They're not ready to do a concert." But I went, and she had individual kids get up and talk about what they had done so far in the band program and what it meant to them. And then she had them and, you know, I've seen tons of them do it now, but, but she would have them play. Okay, guys, let's play like we did the first day. And now let's play concert F like we can now. And, th- and they really didn't play much music or anything. But the thing that was so cool about it was in that auditorium, watching all the parents just light up mm-hmm. because Johnny and Susie were up there doing this already. And da-da. so it was to give them that early, you know, carrot out there of, Hey, we're going to do this. And, you know, and, and hearing those kids talk, even though they'd only been in band for a few months, you know, to talk about, you know, how much they'd done and how excited they were and how every one of them would talk about how hard it was, but I'm already better than I was. So it was just, you know, throwing that carrot out there for them to have something to grab onto early on. So yeah. I, I, I think that was huge. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. And so she would do the concert at day 75, 80 with instruments. Yeah. I mean, Probably yeah. less and, than that. And, and like I said, they're, they're, I've got several of them in the middle of area that do that now. And I, I think it's a great thing because like I said, it just gives those kids something early on to, you know, Hey, let's, let's, let's put this out and let mom and dad and everybody else see what we're doing, you know, and have some successes. Yeah. I, and I, I think, there's a and if, if you've followed our show before you've probably heard this analogy but i think if you watch t-ball like church league t-ball they've probably figured this out better than anybody because could you imagine you know having your kid or, or you as a young kid join in a church t-ball league and they say okay we're going to have practice every day for the next eight months and our first game is going to be in eight months but that's not what they do. They have like one practice. They learn the kids' names. They line them up. And then they throw them out there on the field. And the kids are like picking clovers. And they don't know which bases to run to. And you have to park at the shopping center down the street to come to a game. You have to walk like a mile to get to the field. Because, because everybody's there. Because everybody's there. And so I think I think church league sports figured that out, whether it's soccer or t-ball or whatever it is. And I think there's a lesson learned there for band. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's, it's not about, you know – it's not about how successful are we becoming yet. It's just, you know, are we are we doing? Can we show everybody what we're doing? You know, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, let's just go ahead and give them that opportunity to to perform. You know, because let's face it, that's you know, and, and I'm not gonna, we're not going to talk about COVID, but you know, that was the thing. I had so much trouble getting administration people to understand that trying to teach band online, band's a performance based class. I mean, everything we do is done for the reason of performing. You know, so if that performance never happens, what are the kids got? What are they working for? 
you know. So yeah, the quicker, yeah, and that's that's why I think COVID was so difficult on, on music education, you know, and 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 now just just getting back, you know, to, to marching band and being able to, for those kids to perform and compete. And it's not about the competition; it's not about winning. Uh, it's just about getting out there and doing it, and and the rush they get, the feeling they get from that performance. You know, if you've never done it, you, you don't know. But I, 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 once again, I told those kids at Paragould last night, "How many of you freshmen?" And like half the band raised their hand because that's how it is right now everywhere. You know, and I said, "You guys don't have a clue." And I said, "How many?" And the seniors raised their hand. I said, "Y'all." I said, "You know what it's like when you have that one performance? It's so good, and that feeling you get inside your body that you know what it felt like." And then they're like, "Yeah, yeah." And I said, "Freshman, you don't know that yet, but when you when it happens." you're going to understand and you're going to rehearse different after that point because they always do. I can always remember taking my band first competition of the year, you know, and trying to get them ready, trying to get them ready. And, and you knew they weren't ready and you did it anyway. And regardless of the outcome, you know, the freshmen come over the food wagon and eat and they're like, holy smoke, I had no clue. This was, and I got to, yeah, we got to go practice. You know, they're looking at me and I'm like, yeah, that's what I've been saying for <laughs> exactly. It's because now they get it, you know, they understand. So yeah, the performance of it is the sooner you can get them out there, the better, you know. That's John Easley, longtime music educator and for the last five years an educational representative for AMRO Music, talking with Nick Averwater. This conversation will continue in the next episode of After Hours, Conversations for Music Educators, which is presented by AMRO Music. And this podcast is produced by Nick Averwater, Emily McGee, and Joel Hurd in Memphis, Tennessee. You can hear more conversations at amromusic.com slash afterhours. Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, here are two easy and fast ways you can support the After Hours show. First, your five-star review means a lot as it helps to boost us in the podcast rankings so that other music educators just like you can find us. Second, if you thought of someone that would enjoy this week's content and episode, Hey, please share it with them so that they too can be a part of the After Hours community. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week.